Hello, hello. My name is April Malone with Yes, I Work From Home, and this is the podcast. Today, I have Gabby Diamond Key with us from Austin, Texas. She's a photographer. Di- uh, Gabby, come on in. <laughs> Hi, thanks you. so much for having me. Yeah. So Gabby, are you working from home intentionally or not so much? I think it's a little bit a mix of both. Um, intentionally in the sense that like I run my business here, but also in the sense of like a pandemic happened. And I think a lot of us just kind of started improvising. So a little bit of both. <laughs> yeah. So are you working from home intentionally or is this kind of a new thing for you? Yes, yeah, so it's a little bit of both. Um, definitely intentional in the sense that I built a space that could be my office to work from home. Um, but before the pandemic, I was living in New York City and I was really big on coffee shops. So I would go to a shoot and I would just stay in the coffee shop all day and do my work. But now, you know, that's less of a thing. So I, I wanted to create a space in my home that I could work from, you know, every day. So I have interviewed a few people who do something like you do, where you're kind of like out and about, like maybe some of the service type industries where you're doing service in someone's home, or like you said, out in a photo shoot, but then you still have to come home to do the admin stuff. Do you want to talk a little bit about that division of time and labor that you have? Yeah. So I think it's super important to kind of create a schedule for yourself because I know for me, that's kind of what's helped keep me organized. So I'll go, okay, great. You know, these two days I have photo shoots this week. And then all the other days that I know I'm going to be home the whole time, I'll really create like a schedule for that day. So I usually get up. I usually have a sort of routine that I do to kind of make the space start feeling more like a workspace. So like, if you see these Christmas lights in the back, I turn those on. I have a diffuser that I put like essential oils in to. I'll turn that on, you know, I'll put some soft music on, get my laptop set up and then kind of move over to my desk. And that's when I'm kind of like, okay, great. You know, I'm working from this area. Um, and so then I'll do that for that day. And then, you know, the days that I have photo shoots, it'll be more of like, I'm out and about, but then I'll come back for the afternoon to do editing and, and all those, you know, maintenance tasks. Right. And so are you working out of a bedroom office right now? Yes. So as you can see from this backside, that's like the bed and my actual dresser. But then on this side, I have a shelf for all my photography gear, a big desk where I can put all my other photo stuff and my laptop, um, and then another shelf in a closet where I keep my bigger lights and, and other equipment. Now, are you living in an apartment right now? Can you tell me a little bit about your housing situation? Yes. So I will say that I moved to Austin this past year, um, which was super helpful because it gave me a lot more space. Um, When I was living in New York, I had two roommates, which I still have two roommates, but we have a much bigger apartment now. Um, And my apartment in New York was so tiny that I literally had to work on my bed. Like I had to sit on my bed to be on my laptop, um, which is hence why I was always at coffee shops. But that did not work great for me. I didn't really have a division of <laughs> oh boy, <laughs> when am I home? When am I relaxing? When can I turn on Netflix? Or like, am I mm-hmm. still answering emails at midnight? Um, but since moving to Austin, I moved in with my boyfriend, Justin and our other friend, Erica. Um, and my boyfriend actually works from home as well. Um, so he has a room that's right across from mine and it's kind of fun. We feel like we're coworkers, like we'll be sitting, you know, and then we'll pop in and be like, Oh, you want to get lunch? And you know, it's kind of fun. So it definitely helps. I'm not like fully alone all day. Yeah. Yeah. And then your third roommate, are they also working from home? Yeah. So Erica is a painter. So she has her own business as well. Um, She has a studio that she goes to and she's like pretty religious about like getting up, making breakfast and then going to the studio to do all of her painting. Um, Mm -hmm. But I would say we all kind of have that millennial flexible lifestyle where we're all popping in and out of the house at any time. And, you know, any evening you could probably see us on our laptops, you know, getting some emails answered and stuff like that. So it is a really fun kind of creative environment to be in, especially Mm -hmm. if your roommates or coworkers, you know, or if you can like have a work from home situation with other folks, uh, it definitely makes it more interesting. 
I'm really curious what kind of square footage you had at that apartment in New York. Do you remember? Oh, I'm so bad with numbers, but like, so like just basing off of this room, it was smaller than this room. And then we oh. just had a kitchen. So the whole apartment, my, my room was smaller okay. than this room. And then the kitchen was smaller than this room. So, okay. Ba- I mean, hundreds, it, not in the thousands, very small. Okay. Got it. Do you, um, or did you, did you have like common living spaces as well in the old apartment where you could work or were you mostly just like stuck in your bedroom? Yeah. So next to the living room was a little, uh, or next to the kitchen was a little living room. We had one couch and one TV. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, same, similarly, my roommate was a video editor. So, uh, we were always talking video and photo, but like there was only a place for like two people to sit in the whole apartment. So mm-hmm. I often found myself sitting in my room. And I think that for me, that just, like I said, it didn't have a great, separation between when I'm working, when I'm supposed to be relaxing, when I'm supposed to be hanging out with my roommates. So, you know, now that I've moved to a city where cost of living is a lot lower, it definitely was worth it for me to be like, okay, I have a dedicated closet now for all my equipment. Cause back there, Mm -hmm. like it would just literally be sitting in my room next to my bed and and just made me feel cluttered. At least now, like I can have everything, you know, in its spot. And that sounds like it's important to you to have things in that spot. Yeah, I think definitely if you're the type of person that you like things to kind of be clean, you don't want it to feel cluttery. For me, I'm so much more productive when I don't have stuff everywhere. Like I like my desk to be a clean except for my uh, laptop. So if you have that personality, I think finding, you know, even getting like getting some drawers like that or getting some shelves or cubbies that you can put your stuff in. So it doesn't feel like it's just laying out everywhere. That was a huge tip for me to kind of keep my workspace clean. So let's go back a little bit and talk about your work history. I know you uh, went to school back in London. Is that right? Yes. So I did grad school in London. I studied fashion photography and that program was two years. So I lived in London for two years, which was very cool um, experience to just kind of live abroad and practice my photography skills. Um, That uh, I also lived in like a student like dorm type housing. Um, which was an even smaller room than my room in New York. Um, <laughs> but I had sort of, I only had like two check bags that I could take for the whole, the whole trip. So, um, I really sized down the gear. So I didn't bring any lighting gear. I really just brought like one or two cameras and, you know, a couple lenses. Mm-hmm. So definitely yeah. less space for that, but it also kind of made me how to be, have to be creative on my feet of like, how can I make this look cool? Even though I don't have my full set of gear. Right now, uh, when you were going through that, program, were you expecting that you would be working the, I guess the lifestyle that you have right now working within the lifestyle? I don't know how to put that correctly, but yeah, uh, I know, you know, I know what you mean, is this what you expected? Yes. So I, I basically, my mom gave me a camera when I was like 12 years old and I never put it down after that. Like I always was obsessed with photography. I think the thing during school that I was trying to figure out is like, what kind of photography am I going to do? So my undergrad in St. Louis, Missouri, I went to Webster university. Um, I studied photography, commercial photography and fine art. So I was kind of figuring that balance out. And then like you, as we mentioned, when I was in London, I was focused a little bit more on fashion. And then when I moved to New York, I realized that um, weddings are something that I got really into. I had no idea that wedding photography would be something I'd eventually do. And then also concerts and music festivals. So I would say I'm probably still kind of figuring out what exact kind of photography I want to do, but I always knew I would do some kind of photography and therefore run my own business and therefore have more of this hybrid lifestyle. 
So I'll tell you a little bit about my own story. I actually uh, went to college to be a music major and I thought I'd go into music ed, Mm -hmm. but I, my roommate took a photography class and I think it was through the journalism department and they, um, they didn't develop the photos in a, um, they didn't use the dark room, but they just had everything developed as slides. Mm-hmm. So uh, this is like 1999, 2000-ish, so a long time ago now. Uh, and she liked it so much and she learned so much. And we were using fully manual cameras back then. I mean, there, there were digital cameras available, but that's how they taught us, um, you yeah. know, really learning the nitty gritty. Uh, and I ended up taking the same class at her recommendation and I ended up changing my major so that I could take more photography and other art classes. I ended up adding an art minor and I left. That's amazing. That. Yeah. So I actually did wedding photography and a lot of portrait stuff. Uh, I don't really feel like I went as far with it as I could have mm-hmm. partly because I was in that era of that, you know, that switch from the film to the digital. Yeah. And back then the digital cameras just weren't up to par. Yeah. And Photoshop was still kind of new. And uh, I actually really enjoyed the dark room and the chemicals and all of that. Yeah, getting your hands in there and physically yeah. developing the film. It's definitely a lost art now. I think that is very few and far between that actually still do that technique. But I bought it in the larger. Like I I even, um, a substitute taught and I ended up um, in charge of a, a high school program for a semester when the teacher was out sick. Oh my gosh, um, that's awesome. Teaching high schoolers how to use a dark room. That's fun. It was <laughs> actually <laughs> super fun. But uh, yeah, I think I got a little burnt out though, you know, with yeah. the photography. Like sometimes if you're always behind a camera, but when you're talking about concerts and venues, I'm thinking like, if that's in the dark, that's really technically challenging, especially if you're not using big flash or um, if there's not really good stage lighting. Oh, uh, you're, so <laughs> you're totally right. It's, I feel like actually one of the reasons I like it as a challenge, because as you mentioned with flash, almost, uh, almost 99% of the time bands don't allow flash from photographers. Right, exactly. So working in such low lighting. And then also the other thing is you only have the first three songs are typically is the standard to be allowed in the photo pit, like that front area. Oh, really? So, um, unless you're the, you know, you're, unless you're on tour with that band and, you know, shooting the whole, the whole tour with them, you only Mm -hmm. get the first three. So you have like 10 minutes or less, basically in a pitch black room with like a million people screaming, (laughs) you try to get a cool shot, but it it definitely makes it interesting. And jostling you and like being able to hold still is really important. Um, I yeah. guess with digital, you probably can press push the limits a little bit more as yes. far as like the the speed and things, aperture. But um, yeah, that would have been almost impossible with with film. film. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I will All say right. the, the one last thing on the film thing yeah. is I think you're right on the, the fact that it's definitely a lost art. Like I feel grateful that my undergrad program taught us how to do film that's basically Mm -hmm. all we did in college and like you're saying like people don't know how to do that now so it's it's cool that I got to have that experience and have that foundation I actually brought my daughter to the zoo last year for two years ago I guess now for a field trip and it was hard to even find one of these old Fuji film like uh yeah what do you call it? Disposable camera? Yeah. Yep. Uh, and it was very expensive to yeah. develop that film too. And um, they used to send you back the negatives, but now they just, you send it out to get developed. And then they basically just send the digital image back to that location and they print them and you do not get the slides or the, that, the negatives. That's crazy. Cause like, what if yeah. you want the digital of that? I guess you scan it in, but you like... can, you can get the digital because you can get it as like a CD. Okay. Um, I don't know if you can get like a digital code or not. I'm not sure about Walmart, 
But yeah, I was like, holy cow, this used to be like the cheap way yeah. to get photos. And now it's like the, like the, I don't know, it's very retro. <laughs> yeah. Or like the Polaroid cameras are very in mm-hmm. right now, I feel like. Well, and it's really weird for kids to um, take a picture and not to be able to just turn the camera around and look at it. Yeah. Like I'm like, no, you have to wait. Like, we don't know if that's going to turn out. We'll just have to wait for like four months. <laughs> there is something that's beautiful about like not, you don't have that instant gratification. Yeah. Like you do have more of that process, which is pretty mm-hmm. cool. So uh, is this going to be like your long-term situation? Are you thinking commercial fashion art, wedding, just the whole thing? Like this is your long-term plan? Yeah. So definitely right now I'm really focused on weddings, especially since I've moved to Austin, um, like this surrounding area of Austin, Texas, like dripping Springs and and all around there is like the wedding capital of Texas. So there's just like a huge market, um, for weddings here. So I'm definitely focused on that. Um, and then, yeah, one day my dream would be to be able to phase that out and just do concerts and music festivals and like go on tour with bands and stuff like that. But obviously that is, you know, extremely limited in terms of the number of photographers that actually have a full-time job doing that or get paid mm-hmm. enough to do that as their full-time mm-hmm. thing. So I'm kind of like supplementing that with weddings right now. Uh, yeah. When you are uh, shoot a wedding, like I used to do some weddings too. And again, it was different because it was on film. <laughs> uh, but basically it's like, it could be an eight hour, 10 hour day on your feet. It's very exhausting. Then how many more days are you working at home trying to do all the editing and follow up? Yeah. So I would say, say I shoot the wedding on a Saturday or Sunday. Um, I usually block off two days during the following week for all Mm -hmm. the file management. So even if that's, I'm backing up all the images to make sure they don't know the memory card doesn't actually get lost or deleted. I'm going through, I'm actually calling the images down so that it's, you know, the fine deleting Mm -hmm. all the ones where their eyes are closed or it's blurry or whatever, Um, picking my final select to send to them and then doing an edit of all of those. I usually allow one full day for the editing. I might not do it in one day, but like, I usually allow her like maybe like five to eight hours um, for Mm -hmm. that. So yeah, it, it takes time for sure that people don't necessarily always think about. Right. And that's just working with the images. Uh, are you also going back and forth with the client? And also, are you making photo books for them? So I don't do photo books just because um, I, if, I've just kind of found like, it seems like with my ideal client, they would rather just have the images themselves and then they can get mm-hmm. prints made and things like that. Uh, yeah. I know a ton of photographers do. That's obviously huge. It, it's just mm-hmm. not in my personal practice, but you're so right in the sense of like going back and then having them pick selects. If they're like, oh, there's like this weird trash can in the background. Can you Photoshop that out? Like all of that. Is, <laughs> They're like, you know, you're on your own. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Find someone else to do that. Yeah. yeah. I, um, when I was phasing out uh, the wedding photography, especially I had a few people come to me and just beg me, please, 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 please. Could you do my photos? Um, yeah. And I'm like, you know what? I will take the pictures and I'm just going to, again, this was back with film. I'm yeah. like, I am just going to hand you the eight or 10 rolls of film and yeah. you can take it from there for sure. And that felt, that felt good. So it sounds kind of like, and I, it is nice to be able to go and cut out the ones that you don't want, yeah. but that's more or less, I think what I did when I did my sister's wedding, that was my first uh, digital camera wedding. Um, and I hadn't been on a camera for like six years. And so that was fun. My, uh, my brother gave me his old Canon. I got it down here in my office. Nice. Um, and like, I am still trying to figure out the settings, like the day of the wedding and yeah, just to be able to pull up the ones where the eyes are closed or, yeah. you know, it's just awkward or like, whoops. It's like, oh, uh, they don't need to see those. They don't want to, you don't want to make someone look bad on their wedding day, you know? So kind of yeah. like knocking those out. That's embarrassing, but yeah, they can take it from there. Good. 
Uh, do you want to talk a little bit about how you guys manage things in the house? Like you're working from home. Do you have to be quiet a lot? Are people on the phone or on zoom calls? Or like you said, you you're mostly just editing. Do you have a lot of other tasks that you're working on? Yeah. So one rule that we have that seems to be pretty successful is just kind of like the open closed door policy where it's like, typically when our door is closed, it's like, Hey, I'm in a meeting, like be quieter and don't, don't come in basically. So if the door's open, it's like, I'm just editing here or whatever. Like I don't have anything pressing going on. Like feel free to pop in and we can chat about whatever you want to chat about. So that's kind of like our general rule is like Mm -hmm. doors closed. I'm probably in a meeting. I'm probably on a call with a client or something. Um, And honestly, that's worked pretty well. The only thing that sometimes gets annoying is like if we both have a Zoom call at the same time and then the internet gets laggy. So we we have a little um, board in between our rooms where we put our schedules for the week. And we try to, for big things, like for example, this podcast recording, I mark that down like hey I'm gonna need the podcast gear and I'm gonna be on the internet for this like hour or however long so like please don't be on the internet during that time (laughs) if you can like avoid it so those are like two two tips I would say that if you're co-working with other people just set some boundaries of like hey you know this is my working style maybe you love listening to music when you're working probably want to check with the other person first Mm -hmm. to make sure or maybe you just have your airpods in Um, (laughs) so I think just some basic communication will really help with with working from home sounds like you guys are really able to communicate though. So that's really helpful. I've been in roommate situations where it was like that full communications, great relationships. And I've yeah. been in ones that kind of fell apart a little bit. Yeah. Uh, you were talking about, Hey, I'm going to be needing the internet. Yeah. Uh, as I was walking up the stairs, I'm like, Hey, nobody use your computers for the next hour. And my husband basically timed his lunch today so that I could do this. Cause we are recording this at like basically my lunchtime, probably yeah. your early afternoon. Yeah. Uh, and that works out pretty well. We did just up, upgrade. I start, I started having a little bit more of those glitchy, you know, moments and sync yeah. issues. And I w- walked into my, um, internet provider there, C O X Cox. <laughs> and I was like, Hey, it's starting to act up again. And they said, well, how old is your modem? And I was a router. And I was like, well, I got it you know, fall of 2019, they're like, it's due for a replacement. And I am renting mine through them. And so they just pull out a brand new box. And they're like, this is the one that's, you know, our newest and baddest, you know, the newest and fastest that we have. Um, Just bring us the other one within four days and you can switch them out. So then I didn't have to go to the store. Now, I know that if I were to probably buy mine outright, that I would save money in the long run. But if I'm going to be flipping it out every year and a half or two, um, especially since I do use it pretty hard, uh, yeah. it's nice to be able to have that option. So I keep my router in the same room as me and I ethernet. Um, and yeah. so I get the best speed. My husband gets like the second <laughs> grade, I think, but, uh, his isn't as important because he's not on video. He's usually just doing audio calls. And so it's not as like imperative that it's like the highest speed. Uh, but yeah. switching out that router helps. And then the other thing that I've learned that helps is to make that the, make sure that the ethernet cable that you do have is like up to code, like, oh. um, the cat like number on it and I'm pulling this out this one's like cat six and I think cat seven is out maybe cat eight I don't know how far okay. they go but I used to have like cat two and cat three and I just kept using them and I didn't realize that no you need to upgrade your cable as well those are huge tips I did not know that at all I'm literally gonna go check my cord after this and <laughs> same with me I rent the router from AT&T and mm-hmm. we haven't changed it since we moved in this apartment which was in 2020 so like maybe they have a new version out that's going to, you know, make it faster. Yeah. So they might not re- be willing to replace it if it's just one year old, but usually mm-hmm. if it's a year and a half closer to two, or if you're having any issues, 
Another thing I usually do, and it's my best practice that I do before I record is I usually do restart my computer and clear my, or clear my cache, restart the yes. computer. And yeah. if I've been having any issues, I will restart my router as well. Yeah. I think they call it like a four minute hard reset or something like that, or you mm-hmm. can do it through your app or whatever, but those kinds of things, like when it did start to get more buggy, those things saved my butt a bunch. Yeah. <laughs> and they're just good kind of like tech maintenance pieces to have in the back of your mind. Like when something stops working, it's like, okay, let's go down this list. Let's try all these different things and like, see if it, you know, helps it improve mm-hmm. a little bit. Turn off the Wi-Fi on the phone. Make sure your family isn't like streaming yeah. Netflix <laughs> accidentally. Also, another good tip for people working from home, you can totally take your Wi-Fi bill and count it as a deduction for your business, which is super helpful. Yeah. I can't remember if I do 50%. Like I know that there's different, different things. I think it squ- depends. I think it depends. Even um, the square I just footage. do 30%. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, because I have a dedicated office, which is a closet. Um, yep. Even though it's a tiny, small space, we do, we do um, measure it out and, yep. you know, look at the mortgage or the utilities for the year. And it all is percentages and it all works out for you though. It might be a little bit more complicated because you are sharing that space. You would only be able to do, I don't know. That would be a little my, bit tricky in an audit. Yeah. My accountant advised me since there is a bed in here that mm-hmm. it's best to not. And so I just yeah. haven't, um, I am thinking though, I think we'll probably move apartments within the next year or two. Mm-hmm. And, and when that happens, I'm really going to try to have a dedicated room that yeah. way I can take it off. And then also just to have a room where obviously I don't have to sleep in here. And you right. Know. You definitely wouldn't be able to do the whole square footage of the room. If yeah. there is any like personal belongings that are like, you know, not work related. Sure. Um, I mean, obviously decorations are one thing, but like if it's sleeping quarters for someone that wouldn't sure. work or like my, that's like my dresser with clothes. So like, that's yeah. my count. Right. But like on the now, flip side, like all mm-hmm. my dressers on this side is literally camera equipment. So like, if you really wanted to push the limits, you could be like this part of this room is dedicated yeah. to work, but because it's one room, it would be, I think you'd be pushing it and I wouldn't recommend. Yeah. That's what my accountant it. said. He was like, it's better to just not, I mean, I yeah. take all my mileage. I take so many yeah. other deductions that yeah. for me, it's like not worth the risk. Make up for it. And all those other areas and you're good for sure. And it sounds like you're pretty organized anyway. So <laughs> <laughs> I try to be, I really do. I feel like, especially when you're running a business and you have to keep track of how much money you make and money you spend, like you want to know your numbers and you know, you want to be on, on your game with that kind of stuff. So I'm curious, do you have, um, I know you, you just moved across the country in a really big way. Uh, do you have many other peers or people that you've connected with as far as networking or, um, just even socializing, that are yeah. also working from home that you can kind of talk about it all with? For sure. So I feel like this is actually a great segue into talking about my Badass Women photo series. Please um, do. So when I was in New York, basically for the, the reason you're mentioning about kind of like having a network of other people to talk to, that's exactly what happened. I moved there straight from London and I was like, okay, well, I'm out of school now. Like I have to run my photography business. And so I really wanted other women, especially female business owners, I wanted their advice and I wanted to kind of make a network of people that I could look up to for, for that kind of stuff. So I started this project where I just started asking successful business owners and women, uh, in New York, like, Hey, can I interview you about your business and like learn about the ups and downs and what advice you have? And then can I also take your photo? So it's kind of a nice, like, uh, you know, middle ground where they were giving me some of their time, but then I was giving them a portrait of themselves that they could use for whatever they wanted. Um, so I did that project in New York and I'm doing it here in Austin too. And the total like side bonus of that is like 
all of these women that are now in my network that like you're saying, like if we're like talking about how we're going to do deductions or what accountant do you use or how do you work from home? Like, how do you like find a good balance between, you know, having all all these things in their business. And so um, it's actually been really great to kind of like have them to lean on during the pandemic and being like, you know, how are you pivoting and and all these kind of questions. Was it uh, a bigger audience or I guess not audience, was this network of women beyond just photography? Oh, for sure. There's only like one or two photographers in the network. So it's like literally everything from like a Nike sponsored ballet dancer in New York to like a Broadway producer to like people, a a girl who started a company where she makes puzzles. Like it's literally the whole spectrum. I wanted to keep it open because I wanted it to be women from all different industries. But I think because that it became such a diverse group of like interesting people that have cool careers. Have any of them gotten to know each other then through this? Yeah. So actually right before COVID kind of closed New York down. So like the beginning of March last year, I hosted a gallery show in New York where I brought all the women together and I printed out all of the photos. I ended up doing 55 portraits and we hung them all up in frames and everybody came, everybody networked with each other. I had this wall of post-its where you could, if you had something you wanted to give or offer, you could write it on there. And then if you wanted to take something, you could take it and people could connect that way. So yeah, it was a huge way for people to kind of interact and connect. And my goal is to, when I have the series done in Austin, probably next spring, probably next March, April, um, to do it again and kind of do that in-person like networking community Mm -hmm. event. Oh man. If you got that thing done in the beginning of March, like it was like the week before (laughs) it was honestly so scary. Somebody made a joke about COVID at the party and we were all like, Oh, that thing, like, no. And then a week later, like Broadway was shut down and we were just Mm -hmm. like, whoa. So I'm Mm -hmm. so grateful that I got to have it and like, you know, have that great experience before everything just closed. And then I moved out of New York. And then have you been able to maintain some of that through like Zooms or anything else online? Oh, for sure. I love to try to like, I'll do like uh, monthly or yearly reminders to be like, hey, drop an email to this person, send a text. Or I love to like, if I like have someone connected on LinkedIn or Instagram and they're posting their exciting news about their business, I can like drop them a quick message. The girl that um, did the puzzles, she went on Shark Tank. So I was just like, oh my God, this is amazing. So yeah, I I definitely love to kind of keep up with everybody. And, and if I do have questions, I mean, I feel like I have questions about things all the time and just, you know, having people to reach out to can be huge for, for building your business. But what kind of percentage of those women are working from home versus like you just found business women who are working in offices and such? Yeah. So I think I couldn't tell you an exact percentage, but I will say like they all had hybrid work situations. Like one girl I knew who had a house in Tulsa and also an apartment in New York and split her time 50, 50 and went back and forth and just lived in two places. There were women that lived in New York and London or New York and Paris, or maybe their business was in Paris, but they came to New York like once a year. Um, There were people who worked part-time. There were people who this business was their side hustle. So maybe they took off six months to, you know, be with their kids or raise their kids. And then they are doing an intensive where then they go back and they're, you know, putting their business through an incubator in New York. So I, I, one thing I did learn from the series, even before COVID was like, so many of these women were just like confident enough and like bold enough to not live by whatever normal societal standards we put on. Like you have to get this apartment, then you have to buy this house and then settle down. Like they're like, 
no, if I want to live in multiple cities, if I want to just rent a, a place, one girl, Jen Glance, she's very cool. She and her husband just live in whatever city they want. So they'll just get an Airbnb for a month and live in that city for as long as they want. Then they'll move to the next place. And like New mm-hmm. York's like their home base. So I just think that was really inspiring to me to be like, oh, okay, I can live in Austin, Texas, but if I want to get an Airbnb for a month in New York and get still get that, you know, excitement from the city and inspiration, but not live there full time, like that's an option to me. And I think most people don't even, like they have so many limitations that they don't even think that they could do things like that when sometimes it's actually super financially feasible to do. We live in the era of Airbnb and I know it's kind of had, you know, ups and downs and pros and cons and, mm-hmm. you know, even get, get, it's been cracked down on, you know, in some yeah. ways, in some cities even, but yeah, it definitely has changed and really opened up the ability for people to be digital nomads or, yeah. you know, work from anywhere or whatever you want to label that right now. Um, it's kind of a new thing that, you know, our parents and our grandparents, they probably didn't really know anyone that could look like that. And we do. Yeah. I just think it's amazing. Like even my boyfriend and I have been talking, like maybe we should just buy a van and buy, you can buy like from AT&T, like a Wi-Fi thing that it's like 30 bucks a month. And then you have unlimited Mm -hmm. Wi-Fi. You take it wherever you go. And then we could just like live out of van for a year and travel the United States. So I definitely think there's so so many cool options. I know people that have done that. I think I've even interviewed a few of them. Um, I have a friend who I haven't interviewed yet. I'm still trying to get her actually, uh, who they, they left for a year in an RV and they used the Verizon jetpack, which was probably the equivalent to what AT&T is offering. Yes. And they did, I think, half of the country in the first year, the second half of the country in the second year. And then they got up to Austra- um, Australia. Oh my goodness. What am I saying? <laughs> Alaska, Alaska. The other. And so at, at some point they're going to make it to Hawaii, but um, not in the RV so cool. that, that time. That yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. I just think um, it's incredible. And how much of your business are you spending or how much of your time are you spending on that part of your business? Do you even consider that networking thing to be part of your business? Oh, 100%. you're making money. You're making money from the. Yes. Okay. So, so the badass woman series, the actual series itself, where I did the portraits, I wasn't charging people. I was just kind of doing this trade of like, Hey, let me learn mm-hmm. about your story and do the photos. But like mm-hmm. a total side benefit of it that I had never expected was six months down the road or a year down the road. I would get an email. It's like, Hey, love that portrait you did of me. My business needs new, you know, product shots, send me your rates or like, Hey, Mm. actually my husband and I are, my partner and I just got engaged. Can you, can we like set up an engagement shoot or can you shoot our wedding? Um, so I've gotten a ton of jobs from it and that was never my intention to just like try to get more clients. But I think when you put yourself out there and like, I think I just got along with people. We networked. I got some awesome advice from them. I gave them some value. They saw what I was about. They saw my personality and they're like, oh, she's cool. I want to work with her in the future. And then when they had photography needs, they reached out. So it was a a kind of coincidence how that happened. They must've liked you because to trust someone with that wedding photography is a really big deal. (laughs) It's true. And actually a lot of photographers that I know that are like amazing photographers shoot tons of different things are like, oh no, I'm too nervous to shoot a wedding. And I'm like, it's not that intimidating. Once you like do it a few times. You can second shoot under another photographer. Um, it's, it's not as scary or intimidating, I think, as people might initially think. 
if you have someone else there with another camera, it does take off a little bit of the pressure. I was a second shooter sometimes for a friend of mine and I would usually do the zoom shots and he would do like yes. the more uh, traditional and I would do more of the candid stuff too. Yeah. Um, and that was like a nice balance. And then if one person's camera malfunctions or the SD card, whatever, you right. know, then you, at least you have something where if you're the only person, there's a lot more pressure. Yeah. Um, and no, it, I- it is actually pretty high pressure, but um, also really fun and rewarding. Yes. I would say high pressure just in the sense that things move really fast, right? Like you only have a very short amount of time to get a ton of shots throughout the entire day. But I think if you're organized and like, for me, I'm pretty anal about like backing up all the memory cards throughout the day, right. When I get Mm -hmm. home and then I I don't have to stress about like, Oh no, what happened to that card, et cetera. Yeah. Right. Have you ever considered, and I know that your current situation might not allow for it, but have you ever considered having like a home office, like a home studio? Oh, okay. So this is actually our dream one day is to maybe if we buy a house or even if we're just renting to have a home studio, like in the backyard. Like, I don't know if you've seen, some people have like made these over quarantine and like posted videos of it on TikTok, but like they will make like, um, they'll take like whole, like a bunch of windows from like garage sales and make like a whole like house, not house, but like a little greenhouse type of room out of it. And then that's like their office in the backyard. Nice. So like some kind of cool, like backyard office, I would love to have a studio there. Cause right now I like this desk that I have, I have seamlesses. So if I need to do product photography or food photography, I just make, like I tape it to the wall, but yes, one day I would love to have a dedicated studio where like I can keep everything set up. I can keep my lights set up. Um, and then I can just pop in and out when I want to do shoots. So that's definitely a dream for one day, what, but you're also describing... lots of natural light. <laughs> Reminds me of like a glorified she shed. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Honestly, you should look them up. They're pretty cool. But I, I mean, yeah, I would do, I would do one side with a bunch of windows. Cause you gotta have that natural light and then probably one side more shaded that way. If, if I have like a laptop set up for editing, then I can, yeah. you know, pull it down. I could see that being really nice, especially if you do have a little bit of space and land and that, yeah. that room could, you know, function as more than one thing too. Totally. You know, if you ever needed to have a guest house or something or a quarantine. Exactly. <laughs> right. And like my boyfriend has a podcast, so I know he would love to have like an insulated room with, you know, good audio stuff. Like, I think, I think definitely having like a work house, work room, Mm -hmm. that's definitely, we'll have, we'll have something like that in the future. Mm, Now you're making me itchy for a new (laughs) I know, right? (laughs) Oh man, we're just in our. All those like guest houses, you know, like you see the big properties that have that guest house and I'm like, "Uh uh-uh, it's like, that would be an amazing studio. Oh my gosh. Or I've even seen people that have photo studios, like in a camper. Like, or just like really crazy, like hybrid ideas. I, I love mm-hmm. it. I think the creativity is so cool. Have you ever gotten into portraits for newborns? Okay. That is literally the one thing I've, I've done one newborn shoot ever. Uh, mm-hmm. And it was just for a friend. So I don't yeah. think I will really just because kids, senior pictures, like families, not as I, I'm not good with kids. So probably not, but like, mm-hmm. I'll probably do it for friends. You know, my, my friends are getting to the age where they're having kids and they're like, Oh, right. Take a quick shot for me. I'm like, yeah. all right, fine. Yeah. Show up with the camera, <laughs> help them there out. Yeah. Yeah. That's my gift to you as I took some yeah. pictures. Right. I really like what you did though, with that, um, offering the women a portrait, uh, for their business, because I have found, especially having the podcast, we usually ask everyone, Hey, if you have a high resolution, I guess headshot of yourself. Yeah. Um, we want to use that for making like the thumbnail for um, YouTube and the podcast art that will go, you know, for each episode, we have a unique one that has like the title and everything. We're finding that not everybody has anything like that. 
Uh, Which is crazy. You're like, you're the successful, cool person and you don't have like a photo other than an iPhone picture of yourself. Well, an iPhone picture actually would be desirable over like some old photo from Facebook that has yeah. been compressed. Yeah. Because uh, when you it's blow like it this up. big and then it's yeah. grainy. Yeah. And so every once in a while, we're like, that's a really cute photo and it would work really well. Do you still have the original file for that or even yeah. off your phone? Yeah. Um, and a lot of people and I and I am like that, too. Actually, um, when I have uh, my Zoom, I have like my profile picture for my Zoom. And it's just a picture that I took of myself when I came up from a haircut three years ago. <laughs> and that's what I use for almost every single thing. And when I first started doing this podcast, it's like the only photo I had. Yeah. Um, and I finally had to like sit here in my office in front of my, I guess, I don't even know if I had, oh, I had, um, my parents had a, a projector screen that they had given me and I actually did just get rid of it. It was like for, um, you know, like a conference room projector screen from back yeah. in the day <laughs> Yeah. Um, that you pulled down in front of like the marker board or chalkboard. And I had that and I pulled it down. I took a few like selfies, um, but you know, I still have the older iPhone. So the camera that's facing um, away from you has the better quality um, yeah. camera. And then the little tiny one for selfies is so small. It doesn't give as good of a picture. So I'm sitting here trying to like blindly take pictures of myself yeah. and um, they're really awkward. And my editor who uh, helped me make all of my original podcast art. He, uh, he just had to use those. Cause that's all I had literally mm -hmm. all I had. And we just reused them again and again and again. If you ever look at my uh, YouTube, it's just going to be like recycled photos again. <laughs> and then, and then it was Halloween and my kids were doing, um, it was pandemic Halloween. So we're yeah. like, well, we're not going to go trick or treating this year. Uh, we did like go on a bike ride the, a couple days before, and we got to see everyone's decorations. Aww. Um, and then the night of Halloween, we had a campfire, but the day before and the day of, we got out every single costume the kids have ever owned, whether or not they fit or not. And we put them on all of the kids. And I just did a photo shoot with the kids before they outgrew them all. They're growing really fast right now. And some of yeah. these are like size four. My kids are eight, <laughs> um, whatever. And I'm like, you know what? I should have you take some pictures of me. And I just stood in front of, we have like this kind of tan colored canvas gazebo in our backyard. Yeah. Our backyard is like the size of a postage stamp. It's really small. It's like 10 feet deep by the length of our house. And that's it. And so I just kind of sat there, had a little bit of um, outdoor, like, I guess, not, not full on sun, but it was, you know, inside yeah. of the gazebo, gazebo, it was pretty, actually a storm came through and ripped a big skylight into our gazebo. So I had enough like coming in. Um, and I just had my kids take a whole bunch of pictures of me. I changed my shirt a couple of times and yeah. that's what we've been using for the last year. Now we yeah. need to do that again. <laughs> no, <Remind for> sure. <laughs> gotta do that. But I have found that a lot of women don't have a good picture of themselves because they're usually yeah. the one behind the camera, even, yeah. you know, the cell phone camera. Do you want to talk about that a little? Have you found oh, that to be true? hundred percent. Like, I think like even all of these successful women who are like running crazy businesses that I was talking to, right. Like making tons of money. They're like, oh, I don't want to get my picture taken or I'm timid or I don't like how I look, how I look. And I'm like, what? Like, I thought, okay, you know, like I'm not at, as confident all the time as I want to be, but like, once I get as successful as this lady or like as her, like, oh, that's when I'll be confident. And like, through talking to them, I was like, oh, shit. like we all, we all feel like that. Like we all have days mm -hmm. where we're like, oh, I don't want to like be in front of the camera. I don't feel yep. like I look good. Um, and so, yeah, that's, I think one thing that's kind of at the core of why I love to do portraits of people. And especially women is like, I want to give them that confidence to be like, no, look how awesome you are. Like, look what you've built. Like you should be really proud of that and proud of yourself. And mm -hmm. so, yeah, I, I think it's a huge thing of like, 
I love to help inspire and, you know, make women feel confident. And I think if we're taking our own picture, like a selfie, we always make our our own special little face that we do. And like, if you have another photographer, they're going to probably capture more of the essence of who you are because they're going to catch you smiling in different ways. I have a sister who used to practice her smile in front of the mirror and she had like seven different smiles. And I always thought that was funny. And of course I wouldn't do that, but I do notice that, you know, sometimes if someone catches a picture of me, I'm like, Oh, that's, you know, I looked really happy, but that's not how I normally would have presented myself. Yes. And I'm big on candidates. Just like you're saying, like, I'll, I'll ask them a question. Like I'll, I'll always sit for couples. I'll be like, talk about what you guys ate for breakfast. And then they're just chatting with each other and they totally relax. Like it's something about a mundane or easy question that people stop being so tense. And so I love to get more candid photos in the in-between moments. And Mm -hmm. those end up being some of the ones that people love the most because they're not so trying to look a certain way. They're just being Mm -hmm. themselves. And then it comes off as really natural. And sometimes if you just take more pictures, you're more likely to catch stuff. So like if, you know, if we're talking to people who don't take it, very many pictures. If you're always, 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 you know, making your shot exactly what you're thinking, you know, what you want it to be a certain way you're missing out on so much. We have moved away from houses and I'm like, wow, I don't have a single picture from inside of the living room because I always put the kids up against a wall. I always wanted them to have like the nice clean white background. And I'm like, I don't even remember how we had the couches set up in that room because I never would take a picture of a messy room. And now I'm like, man, I wish I had a picture of that messy room. Yeah, there's definitely something to just photography in general. There's this return to like this authenticity, whereas like Mm -hmm. you're saying, it's like, oh, no, the photo has to be perfect and perfectly retouched. Whereas now I see brands and businesses more being like, oh, no, like we want to show people behind the scenes like this is what real life is like. I'm a mom and I'm also a photographer. I'm a mom and I'm also running this business or, you know, whatever it is, Mm -hmm. here's my cats. Like, I don't know, people, people want you to see their real life and not just the pretty whatever on the outside. And they might be more willing to work with you if they can see that you're authentic and a real person. Yeah. I'm all about making sure to take pictures with my friends and family when I see them because I, I live far away. Like you've, you've moved a few times. You understand Um, I live 30 hours drive from my family and my grandma is 92 and she's doing well. And, you know, there's, you know, as age happens, you know, there's always going to be, you know, something that's, you know, making life a little bit tricky or difficult. Sure. But, um, I think she's still got several years left in her. I I sure hope, Mm -hmm. but just in case, you know, every time I'm there, I take a a photo of her and with her. Um, but that photo, like sometimes not, not specifically her, but like in the past, like when that's happened, like sometimes you are the only person that has that photo of that person when they pass or something like that. And you can come and be like, I have this great photo of that person that you love here. You know, what a beautiful gift you can give them. Same. Similarly, um, my mom hates getting her photo taken. And mm-hmm. as a joke, I always say like, what, cause I, I live in Texas now, so we don't get to see each other all the time when we do, you know, we're together. I'm trying to get the whole family to take photos. And she's like, Oh, like, don't take my photo. And I'm like, mom, uh, I'm taking this so that we have something at your funeral to show people <laughs> of what you look like. And then she's always like, Oh, Gabby. And then she'll take the photo. So it's kind of funny. So I had something, and this is going to be kind of personal on my side. Um, a week ago, two weeks ago, I don't know. I made an appointment to see a dermatologist uh, because I noticed that I have a mole and I have a lot of moles. If you can see me on camera, you can see that I'm just like decked out in moles. I'm one of those moly people. <laughs> um, and I hadn't, <laughs> I hadn't been seen by a dermatologist in a little while. And I had one that was on my neck and actually I have, um, I did ended up getting it removed that um, it had been removed six years ago when I was pregnant with my daughter. 
And all of a sudden we noticed it's back and we didn't know how long it was there. And weird thing, but this podcast, I have been recording myself on camera for a year. We started uh, Labor Day weekend uh, a year ago. And so I have a year and I was able to go back and see like, how long has it been there and checked and it had oh, been there. Wow. Um, and I'm like, I never would have expected that I'd be going back through all these photos. And I usually have my hair kind of covering anyway, but I was yeah. able to see, you know, and gave a better answer to my doctor, you know, like how long has it been there? And we're like, we're not exactly sure, but we know it's been there at least a year. And sometimes just having a photo can yeah. or a video can be helpful for medical things. I mean, it was really surprising to me um, that that I thought to do that. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, that's actually brilliant. Like you're like, uh, is this podcast saving my life? Like possibly. (laughs) Oh, wow. Incredible. Yeah. All right. So, uh, let's, let's change gears a little bit and talk about your specific desk setup. Um, you are borrowing headphones for the podcast and you've talked about a laptop a few times and you've talked about your desk, but you said my desk, but Yes. So I have a desk that I honestly just got for like 50 bucks on Facebook marketplace. But Mm -hmm. I will say if you're trying to outfit a a room, a new space, a work from home space, those places like Craigslist, Facebook marketplace offer up huge. You can get furniture on there for so cheap. So I just did that. Someone was cleaning out a storage unit and I went and grabbed it. Um, There's two huge um, drawers on it. And so on the left one, I keep all my photography gear, which is like um, external hard drives, memory cards, batteries, you know, all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. And then the right one's just like more business supplies, like tape and, you know, different. I have a blue light glasses I wear so that, um, you know, it's not always getting on the screen and my essential oils. Um, And then, yes, I have a laptop um, that I don't have a desktop because I like the versatility of the laptop Mm -hmm. that I can just throw it in my backpack, take it to shoots with me. Um, Yeah. So that's really helpful. And then I put some cute things on the wall. Like I have like a little cork board. I have some cute frames with like inspirational quotes and stuff to kind of just be like, like this one says like your dream is more powerful than your excuse. So I'm like, yeah, let's go. Um, Nice. And then, yeah, just more, more camera gear on the shelf on the right. Uh, and then same with shelf on the left, like flashes and, you know, I, I don't know. I feel like I acquire so much photography gear. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have a semi adjustable desk, but I don't adjust it enough to stand up. Do you have any option to stand or sit? Or do you find yourself sitting most of the time? I sit a lot, but I would love to invest in a standing desk. I also saw a girl on TikTok. I've been really into TikTok lately who got a thing that it's basically like a treadmill, but for your work from home desk. Yeah. And she walks every day and she lost like 30 pounds just from walking. But she said, you have to get used to it because like you're like typing and you're kind Mm -hmm. of moving. But I was like, yeah. So that kind of, I'm really into the idea of standing while work from home. I think it's cool. I definitely Mm -hmm. would love to to buy it. I know they're a little bit more expensive, so I probably need to save up, but I think it's a great idea. I've actively, actively been looking for one of those uh, treadmills. It would be a little bit tricky to get it into this office, but I think I could do it if it's the, the walking ones are often shorter yes. than the running ones. Yeah. And often they also have arms that can lay down yeah. so that you could tuck it under say your a desk, if something. your couch is t- high enough. Yeah. Um, some of them actually have like a built in desk on it, but I feel like those would be less versatile because I want to set my chair up sometimes. Yes. I don't want to stand a hundred percent. Yes. So unless I had that a separate, of like, yeah, 
Yeah. No, but I think the ones that you can sit or stand, like that's brilliant because mm-hmm. like you're saying, you might not want to stand the whole day, but you might be like, all right, I'm tired of this. Like I need yep. a little change of pace. Um, and I think those are just going to become more and more popular as people realize like, oh, oh yeah, it's not good to like sit hunched over all day. If you have like an L-shaped desk where you could actually like turn like yeah. fancy secretary type desks, uh, that yeah. would be easier to set that up with. But, um, you know, a lot of us in our home office, we're a little limited in space. It's but it yes. would be definitely a nice thing to have. I, I, I could stand to lose 30 pounds. That would be a really nice way to get it done. Um, yeah. there are certain skills that I can do while I'm walking. You know how it's like hard to walk and chew gum. Yes. <laughs> no, it's actually not, but there's some, some things that I can do while I'm walking and others that requires my full attention. And yeah, and even you can, walking, you can just kind of alternate like, mm-hmm. Oh, I need to focus on this project. All right. I'm just gonna yeah. stand for this. Or I'm gonna sit. And then like, all right, this is a less big of a deal. Like I can, you know, I can do both. So I think if I great. was, if I was thinking and contemplating and working things in my brain and looking at a computer, like for instance, I'm starting to do more resume stuff Yeah, and I could be like, you know, reading a snippet and think about it, you know, mull it over, turn it around and then type a few words Yes. versus what I used to do in the past, which was like 24 seven typing, like, you know, as fast yeah. as I possibly could not 24 seven, but eight hours of typing, 10 hours of typing in a row. I wouldn't have been able to do that with, um, you know, and keep my productivity up. Yeah, for sure. One other um, quick tip is uh, Justin and I love to do a quick walk throughout the day. Yep. So usually sometime around this time, maybe 2 or 3 p.m., you know, we've been working respectively all day. Um, one of us will be like, hey, you want to go on a quick walk? And we usually just walk mm-hmm. up to our mailbox of our apartment yep. complex, 10, 15 minute walk. A, you get some fresh air. B, new perspective. You just kind of like it's mm-hmm. a good reset and then you're ready for the rest of your afternoon. Yeah. My husband was working last week on um, Thursday and our kids are back in school. Uh, we're back in school until yesterday. We're on uh, quarantine right now. <laughs> We've already been, they've already been exposed. Uh, oh. But yeah, we had one day where my husband was home working and I was, you know, just getting stuff done. And I could tell he was working really hard and not taking any breaks. And I was like, five minutes, babe, we're going around the court, you know, just go around the block. We'll go to the mailbox and just get, yeah. you know, for five minutes, five minutes can really be better than nothing. I mean, totally. they're supposed to, He's supposed to take breaks anyway, you know, like they actually do that thing where they like pause your computer screen for you and like force really? you to take a break. Yeah. And you can bypass it, but you get in trouble if you do it too many times. Um, and I'm like, you're supposed to take a break. Let's go. Yeah. Um, that's nice. That's good. Um, anything else that you do as far as like uh, tips or tricks that you, you've just found that have made working from home a little easier for you? I know we're kind of like still in the middle of the pandemic, but things have opened up in some ways. Um, what are you guys doing for, for fun these days? So last uh, tip that I would definitely recommend is if you don't have an essential oil diffuser, I know that sounds silly, but it's actually huge. Like you could totally change your mood and like get in the zone based on the different oils you put in. And my roommate, Erica totally put me on that. She's like, I swear in it. I use it in my art studio every day. And I was like, really? And then she brought hers into our living room and I kind of got addicted to it. And so I use that every day. I got one for myself. Um, And then things that we're doing for fun to kind of mix it up during the pandemic. Um, so Austin has a lot of green space, which is really nice kind of off of what we're talking about, like going on walks and stuff. Um, there's a huge park that's like seven minutes from us. Um, and there's also like a natural spring that like everyone kind of like takes floaties or paddle boards or kayaks and just like hangs out on. Um, so we've been doing that in the evenings too, to just get outside mix it up a little bit and still, you know, get some fresh air, even though we're and we're in stage five right now. So things are closing again, which is kind of crazy, but, um, yeah, we're just trying to be outside and not around too many people. 
<laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, that but two of my kids learned how to ride a bike during the pandemic. And then I mm. just randomly won a bike. I uh, went to our new grocery store that they just built like a half mile from our house and put my name into a entry for a prize and won a bike. And so we finally have enough bikes to get the whole family out. It's really been nice. And that's, you know, we don't, that's amazing. Biking. Yeah. We, it's, it's yeah. nice to be able to just feel like we're free, you know, we're able to be in nature yep. and it's been kind of hot, but I actually went on a bike ride with my daughter this morning because it rained last night and it cooled things off Arizona's. Mm. I mean, I don't know if, if Austin is as brutally hot as Arizona, but I know it's, it's up there. It gets there. I wouldn't say it's as hot, but it definitely has its peak months of like, oof, this is yep. too much today. <laughs> Are you originally from Nebraska? Uh, Missouri, but Midwest. Missouri. Yeah. I, okay. I grew up on a farm in the Midwest. I uh, lived for several years in Missouri, two or three. That's where I met my husband. We met in Springfield and got married there. Oh my gosh. That's awesome. Well, I have some friends that live in Springfield. I did go to college in St. Louis. So I kind okay. of, I yep. grew up co- closer to Columbia and then college in St. Louis. So I kind of like have bounced around, but yeah. It, we looked at Columbia for grad school, but yeah. uh, ended up, we ended up for a few years also in Southern Illinois, which is just two hours to St. Louis. So we'd go up for the city museum and. Oh, yay. I love that. The city yeah. museum is so fun. It's my best. It's my favorite. If, if I, if I could pick one place in the entire United States to send someone, I'd probably pick you know, um, the city museum. I think it's so cool. Yeah. My just, mom wants to like build one in our town. She's like, we, we could, we could do that. She's like, we're going to get scraps and make it. I'm like, okay, mom. It's so cool. Yeah. There's nothing like it here. Uh, anything else you want to talk about as far as um, I guess maybe more advice for someone who wants to work from home? Like, you know, you talked about being a millennial and, you know, a lot of people that, you know, are kind of entering this lifestyle. Do you think that this is a way of life that people can sustain or for sure? I feel like, um, for people that if you're maybe like, not sure how would you would react? Like maybe you're someone like me who like loves to be around people and talk and like not be just alone all the time. Um, Mm -hmm. I definitely think like trying it out, like you could definitely try a hybrid situation of like a, we work type of thing or like a local co-working space, maybe one day a week, maybe a couple days a week. Um, Mm -hmm. and that could be a good option for you to just like test it out, test out working from home mm-hmm. for a couple of days and see, or maybe, I mean, so many companies are doing hybrid work from home now where it's like, oh, you only have to come to the office one or two days a week. So I think like testing that out, really making sure you're communicating with your team, like at work to like, uh, you know, I don't feel like I'm on enough of the zoom calls or I don't feel like I'm in on this project. Like how can I still feel like that even though I'm working from home? Uh, and then I think just in terms of the space itself, like I am a person that like, I wanted to make the space really cute and aesthetically pleasing just because I wanted to get excited about being in this room every day. I think sometimes people overestimate like, oh, I don't want to like buy a bunch of expensive like frames or decor or whatever, but even a couple of small touches here and there can really help it to feel like homey or productive or whatever that vibe it is you're looking for. So definitely take a little bit of time to think through how you want your space to be laid out, how you want it to look aesthetically. And that can, you know, have a huge impact in working from home. You talked earlier about using your bed as a workspace. Yeah. Have you been able, or do you end up still on your bed ever at all or not really? No, I totally do. And I don't know why, but basically like when I need to focus, I sit at the desk and I'm like on my laptop, I'm like locked in. I usually have a podcast playing. So I'm like really focused. And then when I have like some more mundane things, like maybe it's like that first edit of the wedding where 
all I'm doing is clicking next and picking, like deleting out the ones that are bad. I could pretty much do that with my brain off at this point because I've just done it so to like millions of photos. Yeah. Um, so for like things like that, or I'm doing a more mundane task, like answering emails, sometimes I will sit on the bed and like, maybe I'll have like a podcast or like some Netflix show playing in the background. And yeah. that's more like, I'm working, but I'm like hanging out and relaxing. Like, I feel like that happens mm-hmm. later in the day when I'm like, okay, I focused all day. Maybe it's like four o'clock. I'm like, all right, I'm going to chill over there. And sometimes Justin and I will work together. We have a, a big kitchen table. It's like a big kind of long desk mm-hmm. and uh, we call it the, the cafe. So when all three of us are working like, oh, we're working at the cafe today. And it's just our kitchen table, but it's hilarious. <laughs> it's like your own little we work situation. Yeah. <laughs> have you ever, have you ever gone to one of those like shared spaces before the one that I had here, I think maybe closed. Um, I had one a mile from me and I think I was there the other day and I think it was gone. I know a lot of like we works and co-working spaces closed or just kind of like been dormant during the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Um, I definitely did, uh, we works or coffee shops like that in New York, a little bit less here, just because, like I said, we've been a little bit more cautious with going out, but there still are some really cool local ones. Like there's mm-hmm. this one called the cathedral in Austin that, um, it's on the East side, which is like a trendy area. And they took a church and they literally renovated it to be a co-working space, like slash oh, wow. art gallery. Um, so it's very cool. I wouldn't say I do it like once a week or anything, but like if I want to change or if I have a, if I, maybe someone's coming in from out of town and I want to have a meeting with them or meet with a client and just mix it up, I will book it for like a day here and there to just kind of mix up my space. Did you have to have a contract with them to be able to do that? Or can you just do that from the outside? I feel like most co-working spaces have a bunch of options. So you can obviously do like a monthly option or so many days per week, but mm-hmm. I know like that one and a couple other ones in Austin, they, they have like a day drop in. So you can yeah. either book it the day before or just walk in and be like, Hey, here's like 20 bucks or whatever it is. Um, and then you can just go for that one day. Yeah. I feel like when I was looking at doing uh, some market research, I wanted to do focus groups. And this was like that week that you did your big, uh, <laughs> Uh, gallery thing, uh, networking pr- project, I was going to start doing my um, focus groups and I was going to rent a space. There's like Regis rooms also like Regis has like kind of their own, like you can rent an office space in, yeah. in, within an office space. Um, but yeah, that all fell through. And, and you're I, like, thank uh, God, no. thank God I didn't sign the contract because I've heard some of those were hard to get out of. <laughs> Yeah. Or I mean, same with wedding photography. Like there were venues that like just didn't refund anybody. And it's just mm. like, it's crazy. But yeah, I've definitely tried to work with people and just like, be like, Hey, you know, give me the rescheduled date. I'll try to shoot, you know, be able to yeah. shoot that day. If not, we'll work something out. Yeah. If you, if you, um, man, deposits are hard because it's like, you needed the income you were relying on, you prepared, you, you know, blocked yeah. your calendar, but at the same time, you want to keep people happy and yeah. have good reviews and have a ongoing, you know, relationship with that, you know, sure. customer, client, whatever. Yeah. I feel like I definitely at the end tried to just like, let's try to get it rescheduled. Like, let me know if we can get the new date to work. If we can't get it to work, then we'll talk about that. So talk about your badass, your badass group. Uh, who is that really for right now? Yeah. So basically when I moved to Austin, I was kind of like, I don't think I want to stop it just because I moved to a different city. Like Mm -hmm. I might as well do it here. And I think in the future, I would love to like expand it and be like badass women of LA, badass women of London, badass women of Chicago. Like Mm -hmm. I definitely think it has potential for 
just being in a lot of different cities, being right. a book one day, being in gallery shows. Um, so yeah, right now I'm currently working on the Austin series. Um, I have about 30 portraits done now. I'm going to aim to do about 50, 55, which is what I did for New York. Um, and then I'm going to start looking at gallery spaces to, to do the show for next year. So you better start a- like grabbing all of those domain names, <laughs> right? So the Instagram handle has been taken by someone who's only posted like one time. And the last time they posted was in 2014. And I've DM them so many times, like, I'll pay you for this thing. And I, I don't even know. I think it was like a school project because they, they yep. don't, don't even have the login. So I'm waiting Probably. for Instagram to like delete out the old accounts. And then I'm going to snag mm-hmm. it up. Yeah, that happened to me. And I think they do that sometimes if you purchase a web domain and then you don't, if you don't snatch up all of the social media, someone will. Yeah. Uh, because they they're hoping that, yeah, yes. they're hoping for that. So I'm just telling you, you go and you snatch those up as fast as you can. I will. <laughs> <laughs> so is it just local women to Austin right now, or is it open to like women of the USA or? Yes. It's so I definitely I'm shooting for Austin right now, but I have a form on my website where if you know someone who's super badass, runs her own company, like is just really involved in the community, anything like that, um, you can fill out the Google form on my website and it puts it into this spreadsheet. So I, I do have spreadsheets for a couple a couple different cities going and then who knows in the future, whenever in that city or whatever, I can, I can kind of like make it a thing and start shooting in other cities. So I am starting to collect those for other places. So the portraits, the shooting is just for the city of Austin. Are you still networking with women in a broader area or still pretty local too? Oh, I'm networking all over the place. Like, I feel like we, me and my boyfriend are people that move every couple of years. Like he was living Mm -hmm. in San Diego when I was in New York. Obviously I lived in London. We've been here a year we want to move like every two to three years. Okay. Um, so yeah, we're definitely down to network with folks in other places because like, who knows where we'll even end up in like another year or two. <laughs> right. Well, when we get off of the recording, you and I probably will have to change or trade a few names too, because yes. I, it sounds like we have some overlap. Maybe I might know yes. a few women that would qualify. <laughs> oh my gosh. Absolutely. Would love that. Love it. All right. Well, any final thoughts before we head out? Just thank you so much for having me on. I feel like this has been such a fun conversation. Uh, If people want to check out my photography or learn more about the Badass Woman series, they can go on social media or my website. My social media is G-Dimes, G-D-E-I-M-Z. And um, my website is GabbyDimekeyPhoto.com. So spell it uh, out. G-A-B-Y-D-E-I-M-E-K-E-P-H-O-T-O.com. And then slash Badass Woman is where you'll find all the info about the Badass Woman series and that form that I mentioned. Awesome. Well, thank you, Gabby, for being here today. This has been April Malone with Gabby Dimeke. And yes, I work from home. We'll see you next time. Thanks so much. Thank you.